From the home offices of Ash and Flow, this is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around to listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. Found the button. Welcome back, Ash, to yeah, to this we're episode back. of the podcast. Yep, we're yes, back. Great. Do you know what? Do you know? Can I say something? And, Go I, on. and I know it's usually me either interrupting or talking over you because I'm an impolite person like that. We have sections of where we both are talking at the same time. And someone approached me saying that the podcast would be much better if we didn't have that. And then I told them that we need that to because it's proof that it's genuine. It's not an AI generated podcast. It's actually me speaking. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're both talking at the ah. same time because we got certain ideas. And to be fair, we've been talking with each other about these kinds of things for years now. And we will do, listen, guys who are listening, just as an aside before you get into this really important episode, we know what the other person is talking and we actually hear out what yeah. they say as well, which is the key thing. It's not like we're talking over each other. So yeah, it's, it's like a work wife married couple type of thing i don't know <laughs> it feels like anyways right. so so remodeling marketing was the headline for this mm-hmm. episode right because you and i discussed this we've been talking about how marketing for consulting firms has to be strategic if it is to be impactful we, i think we've said yeah. that a bazillion times we often talk about you know how to build strategic capabilities how to set it up what the pro how to focus on process all that stuff but yeah. we haven't at least i felt we hadn't tied these things together into something that that we could draw on a chart or show to someone if they were to ask, okay, what is the strategic marketing capability? What does it look like? What does it do? How does it work? So let's yeah. discuss marketing models. And I think we, we called it remodeling marketing because yeah. we, there's a model we see in the market and there's how it is and there's a market how it should be and we'll get into this, right? Actually, but yeah. yeah that, that was like before we get into that, one of the things we do want to say is that a lot of people while they're being strategic they don't really necessarily use their strategic skills and this is one of the ways that we want to just un- help people understand this is how you bring your strategic skills into it and what you should be doing instead of yeah. well yeah other stuff because yeah you're right i mean we talked about this as well right typically if you get a degree or a postgraduate degree or whatever business or marketing affiliations you'll be taught the strategic stuff but then once you hit the business once you come into the firm you're not necessarily asked to bring it. And our recommendation, yeah, yeah. of course, would be to bring it regardless, right? Even though if people don't expect it or they expect you to come up with a LinkedIn post for Father's Day or whatever it was, right? We are getting still, into that. <laughs> yeah, still remember the strategic stuff and bring it. You'll It's much better value creation for the firm and then hopefully for your career as well. But okay, should we get into the two models? The two models, yes. Set this up. So, and I want to wave a nod and give acknowledgement to Jeff McKay, who's been on the show, so friend of the show, I think, who also has two models of marketing. He talks about the productivity school and the growth school, and you'll have to go to his stuff and check it out, which I think these are two models very much related to the the mindset of how marketing gets run and the permissions it gets. So it's it'll be similar to what we are about to say here, but maybe there is, I think there's a few finer differences. Yeah, there's because, some... Yeah, because we connected our idea not back to what Jeff had done, 
at least not directly. But we were more thinking about a certain Mr. Porter, if people remember, who had to say a few things about marketing, right? He had these four Ps of marketing, which were place... Sorry, products, price, place, and promotion, right? So what do we sell? Where do we sell it? How do we price it? And then how do we promote it? Yeah. And these are, and I might be wrong because this model has been criticized or rewritten or as five Ps or 16 Ps, there's all kinds of variations. To me, it's still very much at the heart of effective marketing today. I don't know how you see it. Or strategic yeah. marketing, I should say. No, I think it's still very valid because the thing is all the 16 Ps or whatever number, they usually <laughs> co- come down from these four. It's essentially just fine-tuning the whole thing so that they, you know, as functions grow and as people need jobs and things, you got to make it right. And you also have to give people time to do the thing the right way. But the thing that we want to talk about first, and and sorry for I'm jumping into that one straight, is that a lot of people assume that marketing is looking after promotions as, you know, you and I just spoke about the collateral caretakers because, hey, marketing, can you come up uh, with a LinkedIn post? Can you give me a brochure for this event? I need a deck for that. Yeah. Yeah. You basically realize that Unless the business understands the strategic value of marketing, you're yeah. just there to provide and them the things that they need to sell stuff. I like the phrase, the collateral caretakers, which that is because we promised to you know, juxtapose two models. I think that's the model we see most often still today in yeah. firms. And I'm not even saying that's bad. I think it's a good, like you have to start somewhere, right? You have a small partner-led firm, you sell through your Rolodex, you do your business development yourself, and then you grow, and then eventually you get a marketing department. And it's okay to start that with a more tactical focus or with, you know, limit their job to the promotions and Porter's 4P model, but it shouldn't be the end state and you should push further. And many firms, I think, are still stuck with this model. So Keeping In keeping with Porter, what we say is, if people were to ask me, okay, what does strategic consultancy marketing look like? I would say, well, it's the kind of marketing discipline or capability or even function if, that influences all of Porter's four Ps. So not just the promotion, but also the pricing. Yes, I'll repeat that. Also the pricing, the placement, and of course, the product goal as we have it here, this the service. And I think, and I'll put the link in the show notes, we recently spoke about how marketing can influence us, how, how it can improve upon all these areas as a benefit, right? Yeah. We listed I've... that when we talked about making the business case for it. But again, we hadn't described what the strategic capability might look like to do it. And we'll get to this. But yeah. you want to say something about marketing as branding or the relationship between marketing and brand, right? Because that comes up. Before that, I just want to say that when you only use the collateral part, it's like literally using a Swiss Army knife, only one tool from the Swiss Army knife and you have like 16 of them. You're not gaining value. But the other thing, just as an aside, as you were saying, is that marketing isn't brand. I mean, okay, so marketing does help create your reputation, you know, which in turn gives brand value and everything, but it's about perception. It's about creating the visibility. It's about focused perception. It's like, you know, there's plenty of messages going out. You're focusing on the right ones to the right people surgically, and then seeing it at the right time to make sure that ultimately people know that you can help them in a certain area. And eventually this does lead to building a reputation, but that's an end result, a byproduct, not the key thing. And I know some people might disagree with that. 
because everyone in especially in professional services is all about big brands and naming stuff but you gotta start somewhere and you have to focus on the perception because without yeah. that what the hell are you your reputation comes from you know the perception that the market has of you repeatedly being good bad or whatever I fully agree. I think marketing is not about branding or it doesn't, I would even go as far as to say it doesn't even create the brand. It is, it plays a very minor role. And if you think of it, because brand at the end of it is rooted in be, in the behavior of the company. So it's much, it has much more to do with promises made results delivered right in the day-to-day business and the client service. It has to do with policies that shape the actual behavior of people on the ground and then, yeah, at some point in time, at the end of it, it also has to do with how polished is the video, how cool is the website, but these are very minor parts in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, it, I like your def, your idea with the perceptions. I think that's what it is. The firm has the reputation. It earns that through the work it does. And then marketing's job is to make more people perceive it that way or to see it or become aware of it. Yeah, I, yeah. that is, I think, a very good definition. So just saying that, if we say strategic marketing, we don't want to talk about too much about brand we want to talk about influencing the four p's as porter had them defined by the way i think if he were to hear me say strategic marketing he would probably roll his eyes because that qualifier would probably not be needed in his yeah view. i'm second guessing the man completely of course but so flow anyway, i don't know where I was going how, that. <laughs> how do you set this up so like if you can yes. set up a strategic function how should one do it let's get into that yeah, so we've you and I have discussed it at length, and I have put pen to paper and built like a mini framework, which we're using client friendly for now. I'm not saying it's the bee's knees, but I think it's somewhat of a framework, a bit comprehensive. So I think there's the best way to think of it is that the strategic marketing capability, that the four P marketing capability in a professional services firm, very specifically, needs to influence five areas or spheres or whatever you want to call it, right? It, so it has to play a role in decisions that get made in these five areas. And these are a bit specific to consulting firms or professional services firms, so I'll walk you through it. But what I mean by influencing them mean is also, you have to, if you set up the marketing function, you have to make sure that A, it sits at the table when decisions in these respective areas are made, but then also it has the resources and the know-how and yada, yada, the tools to contribute to the decision-making, which is not always the case and we'll get to it, make it more practical. The five ones are in order. First, the vision, and I mean the vision for marketing in the firm. So strategic marketing function will always influence the answer to the question, what does marketing do around here? What does it do for this particular consultancy, right? And so it should have a role in defining the ideal state of the capability of function, because that then leads to it having a say in which capabilities get built, how resourcing is done, which best practices are being followed and so forth. And I think... Speaking of tools and resources, a lot of the stuff you and I discussed about to no end comes in here. If I want to influence the vision for marketing, I have to be good at stakeholder management. That's a much well, needed skill. Yeah, I, think I have the... to work on alignment. And just one or two episodes ago, you and I talked about having a, the ability to train, train. business. Yeah. On stakeholder yeah. management, the first thing I would say is the whole thing is needed. But first of all, you need to know your audience. You need to know who you need to speak to. And then you need to know how yeah. to answer the big question the one question so we've done an entire episode there but i do want people to know that do not go for like complex questions in this space find and distill a simple thing and then work from that because you may need to come up with multiple stakeholder plans 
Stakeholder management is not a one and done thing. It's more of a, you're trying to solve questions. And this is the part where marketing's vision comes into play, connecting with the ideal state that we were talking about and aligning with what the business wants and needs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, so we referenced a few of the skills or capabilities you would need if you were to do that. Right. So, but I think to your point of keeping it simple, no need to have all of them at the start, but just going forth and putting your foot down and saying, we claim a role here in shaping the vision, what marketing does for the firm. But I'm not just taking the job of marketing lead or whatever. And then I do what I'm being told, which is likely to draft a LinkedIn post for Father's Day. I'll keep coming back to that example forever, I'm afraid. But I lead with a vision and invite others to help shape it. I think that would be the first one to me. So number one, influence the vision for the marketing function. Should go without saying, but then maybe it also shouldn't because it's I rarely see it. Second piece would be the strategy. That's obvious. We've talked about like a strategic capability needs to influence or even set the marketing strategy. And just calling this out because, yeah, it is sort of the main point. And I have broken out some specifics you'd want to influence. Market segmentation is one, right? We've discussed Mm -hmm. this to no end that the automotive industry is not a market segment. A marketer has to come in and slice and dice that further. You need to be able to influence the positioning within those segments. You should be able to present the objectives and KPIs to to use within each market segment you define together with the business. And then the third bit here is the high value, high level value proposition. Sorry. So the high so if you have an industry segment, I don't know, fast growing autonomous driving suppliers, right? What is the highest level value proposition you do for them? Do you help secure funding? Do you digitally transform it? Whatever it is, right? You gotta make yeah. that hit home. And if you were to deliver these pieces of the puzzle, the skills you'd likely have to bring is marketing client research. You'd have to be able to find insights and patterns and build a strategy around them. You have to know how to do positioning work. There's tons of really good books about those. Maybe you need to read one or two, just have a framework ready, right? And then obviously value proposition design, which I think you and I did an episode on. I've yeah, forgotten. Yeah, we did. No, we <laughs> okay. actually did. So yeah. you can, people can go back in the catalog and find it, or I put it in the show notes. Then we have the journey, right? We discussed this. You have to design your client's journey and I've split this in two. I think there's a the overall client journey or client experience. I split it into the buying experience. So whatever happens from I find your firm, I'm interested, I'm negotiating, blah, blah, blah. And then what's the service experience, right? I hired you for a first gig. What happens then? So this is where we have to help shape offerings. We help design conversion paths and the experiences along them. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where we also even tap into pricing maybe because we have to discuss with the business, I don't know, in some cases, maybe can we afford a loss leading initial offer to get people in and all these types of things. Yeah. But here we need to bring offer and value proposition design skills, value proposition again, but this time it's value prop for yeah. service. And I distinctly remember this one. We did the one with the pyramids template right way ago we walk people through that one yeah and i also want to give a good example is this is the one where you could sell a piece of work for just twenty thousand to get like a 20 million piece of work at the end this is the kind of place where you plot that kind of journey like for instance you could sell a tiny bit of quote unquote innovation work which then leads to a much more digital manufacturing kind of work from it and I love your example because this is one of those phrases you hear all the time in consulting. Oh, yeah, land and expand, right? The client or the account yeah. or whatever. And it's, it always frustrates me if I meet marketers that throw that phrase around. And then I say, okay, cool. What's the plan for landing? 
And what's the plan for expanding? And there's nothing. Yeah. This, I hate that. So this is what I mean when I talk about client experience design. So marketing should have answers to these questions and should be involving should be involved in answering them. Just to round out the skills you need, right? You have to understand client journey mapping. Not that it's complicated. I'm just saying that you have to have yeah. process around that. And then I we also put funnel design and benchmarking in the notes. I think I do that because I have lots. I often have conversations with practice leaders and marketers alike. And they ask me, oh, this and that are our numbers. Are they any good? And I know you should, benchmarks always have to be taken with multiple grain of salt, especially in our space where, you know, sales cycles can be so long and things like attribution can be so difficult and project scopes change, blah, blah, all that. But still, you should have some idea of, I don't know, what a, what's a good, what's a strong gross margin after delivery for a project and which isn't, or what's a decent conversion rate for a certain event type. And I'm not saying you have to have the industry benchmarks, but do have a grasp on your own numbers. Yeah. Right. Basically, (laughs) when you're doing your KPIs and stuff, you need to have a reference point. That's what we mean here. Yeah. So, which people will probably notice this in five as you go through. There's no, I'm nowhere saying, oh, data or insights or whatnot explicitly because that goes across all the five pillars, right? That's always in them. You gotta get, you gotta be good with that stuff. But so we had three. We had the vision, we had the strategy, we had the journey. Now we get to the story, and I think this is a place you and I like to spend time on, and we've yeah. dedicated yeah. quite a bit of this podcast. This is all about the firm's point of view overall. What is our view on the automotive car as a self-driving car supplier space, right? The strategic narrative, mm-hmm. the hero's journey, we've done episodes around that. Yeah. And then the thought leadership themes, right? How do I get from our point of view and from the strategic narrative into thought leadership themes and develop them? So this is the storytelling, narrative, messaging, content piece that is so prevalent and important in all the marketing we do. So that's all yeah. another obvious one. And then we get to number five, which is last one. That's the system. And it, represents just the system you need to you know execute plan execute manage report on all your marketing stuff like this is the system that brings all the good things you've done in areas one to four to market and the one we wanted to call out explicitly here is it's not just planning execution management and reporting it's also innovation right you should have some breathing space to think about not just what did we do past two years that was successful so Um, but you should also be able to to look ahead. I don't know if you want to speak a bit more to that, Ash. Or... So, no, actually, I'd love to bring your automotive experience and explain how this kind of works like a car. Your vision is your basic dashboard and what you see in front. The strategy is the person driving. The journey is the path this car is going to take. The story is basically the make and the whole thing of it. How you sit and the system is basically the steering wheel and the wheels that essentially go. And, and I yeah, think... story is also the engine. Yeah. Yeah. I was, thinking, I, I, I was scrolling parallel through the episode catalog. I can't find it. But you had this idea once, which I, which still sticks with me. And I don't know which episode it came up in, but you said where sometimes it's good to just stop, take a breathe, and maybe even kill things. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah, um, I still to, agree to with make, that. To, yeah, <laughs> and uh, as do I, because that's how you make the space to look ahead. And, uh, and sorry, people don't yawn, but maybe you do need to think about having a TikTok channel. Or maybe there is a space for direct mail. I'm getting brutally tactical with this stuff, but that's the idea is not to just repeat what's worked for the firm last year and the year before. Think ahead. And I mean, we've started this episode with references to AI and AI generated podcasts and other stuff. 
these tools exist now. So is there utility in them? Or you you got you need not just the loose idea I should be doing this, but you should have time, you should have a resource, and you should have maybe a process. That's what we talk about here, right? For innovation as well. So these are the fives. I don't know if you have any comments on them. The vision, no, the strategy, think... the journey, the story, and the marketing system. No, I think Did this is a... perfect for what we need because ultimately we are trying to make marketing more strategic. And if you're basically yeah. trying to figure out how do you do this, these are the ways how you do it. Yeah. So maybe to recap, if your function today is designed or set up or equipped to deal with four and five, right? The story mm-hmm. and system, mm-hmm. thought leadership, how do you publish things? Push up and meddle, or rather, I shouldn't have said that, mm-hmm. bring discipline, rigor, and processes to journey design, to strategy design or strategizing, and have constructive discussions about the role of marketing in the firm all the time. So I then, yes, if you were to do all those, you would have a truly strategic, we do all four Ps marketing function as I would define it today, maybe in half a year, I'm smarter and we will revise that model. But for now, that's where I stand. And I don't know if we want to end this on a career perspective, but if you were to push for that and succeed, you would probably find yourself with, with more responsibility, a larger team, you know, better benefits, the stuff Other teams back. can be completely, you know, yeah, completely I'm, I'm, different standing in the organization. I don't know if you agree, right? I agree with almost everything except larger teams because of the way <laughs> everything's are going right now, mostly because you will have to, like, if you do this, you got to remember that you're taking on more responsibility and you need to show results before you get any of the other things so these things will help drive results but remember it will be you and maybe whatever resources that you've got they'll be building this so be prepared to scale it appropriately at the right stages and right steps that i think is a perfect place to leave us and end this episode so no nice nice running out Thanks, Ash. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll stop the recording here and see if I can get some more sunshine before the thunderstorms come along here. Yeah, same here. Can't see any of them yet. Anyways, have a great one. And yeah, speak soon. Yeah, speak soon. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 